Listen, how you doing? How you doing? This is Josephine Royo coming from Malden, as always. And I always say what comes from the heart touches the heart. And today I'd like to touch your heart with a very special guest during this season and with COVID-19. And I know things are hopefully quieting down. I, I'm praying for that. But I like to touch your heart with this very special guest. And I know a lot of you know this man. Good morning, Brian. Brian Biggie, how you doing? Good morning, Josephine. How are you? Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> I miss you, Brian. <laughs> Same here. I miss you guys. I miss everyone over there. It's, it's been really great. You know, for those who don't know, I, I worked at uh, worked with Josephine for many, many years. I worked at Malden Access Television, uh, Malden's Media Center, since 2005, and I left for another TV position in another state uh, last year. So I definitely miss you guys. Yeah, we miss you uh, immensely. I, at least I do. <laughs> I miss those glasses of yours. <laughs> I still wear those once in a while. Do you? I break those out when I want to be a smarty pants. Uh, do they get a kick out of them? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I often said that you should have been a comedian. Oh yeah, well that was very kind of you to say that. I don't know if that's true, but but but, but thank you for saying that. You know, it's <laughs> I, I I just oh you know I don't think I could hang with the with the real comics of, of the day, the real talented folks. But I just like to inject a little humor to uh, to get through some difficult times, just kind of like what we're going through right now. You know, a little bit. So yeah, you touched many hearts, Brian. Let me tell you. <laughs> thank you. Likewise, likewise. Trust yeah. me. No, I, I want to ask you. Um, we all know about COVID-19 and what's going on around the world and here at home. Mm -hmm. And uh, how have you been handling COVID-19, Brian? Well, fortunately for us, uh, we, we've, been, we've been okay. Uh, we've been staying healthy. You know, right now I'm staying with family in, uh, in the southern part of Connecticut, which is uh, called West Haven. And, you know, we're actively looking for a house at the moment. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's, you know, when it rains, it pours. There's always a lot going on. But, uh, you know, that has definitely augmented the home buying process uh you know for sure when we go for uh house showings we need to obviously wear masks and sometimes gloves as well and you can't really shake anybody's hands if you move forward in any offers so it's it's definitely an interesting time but uh i've been doing okay unfortunately uh i'm still employed you know I'm, i you know i work for a media company down in connecticut called nutmeg television i can tell you a bit more more about them in a little while but uh we have uh, figured out ways to work from home so we work remotely and uh, you know, I've been staying busy, sometimes even more busy than I usually am. So, um, yeah, how have you been doing with this whole uh, situation? Uh, actually, I'm, I, I actually been at uh, MATV mm -hmm. uh, during this season, myself and uh, Tolonzo as well. Mm -hmm. And I've been working basically all the time from the mm -hmm. station. And uh, <clears throat> I am at, um, hooked up at home and I can work at home as well. And uh, which I, I find uh, helpful uh, at times. Uh, if I don't get something done at the station, I, I, I can uh, jump on the computer at home and uh, do whatever I want to from home. Great. But uh, it's nice to uh, come in here. And I do have gloves and I do have masks. And, uh, and if anybody does come to the door, I can protect myself and them. Mm -hmm. And uh, it works out well. Um, I'm here right now and I am by myself. So, there you go. <laughs> I am well protected. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. So to speak. 
So uh, what else uh, do you, uh, is everybody? Um, <clears throat> I know a New York got hit pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how's Connecticut doing? So Connecticut, actually, because of our lo- location towards Massachusetts and uh, the New York area, so we, we did get a lot of um, uh, issues with, with some of that stuff. That There's, there's quite a few cases uh, in the area, you know, and some of the hospitals were, were full. And we have some very good hospitals down here, uh, Yale New Haven and, and Hartford and UConn, things like that. And a lot of the hospitals were uh, really overloaded, just, just like the Boston area as well. Um, but, you know, it's, so it, it's definitely been an adjustment. And, of course, you know, when you go to stores, some people don't want to follow some of the safe practices. They kind of feel like it's, you know, it's not for them. And it's a little frustrating because I understand where they're coming from, but it's also, you know, we want to make sure everyone feels safe. And, um, you know, I keep on hearing the phrase from the hospital workers and first responders. Uh, You know, people always say, yeah, they're they're the, um, the, what what do they say, a first line of defense, right? First line of defense, the front, front line workers. And I've actually spoken to some hospital workers recently, and they, they're frustrated with that phrase in some ways, uh, at least the ones I've spoken to, because they feel like that they shouldn't be on the front lines. You know, they, they're happy to do their work. They're happy to help others. That's their job. That's their mission in life. They bring them great joy, but they shouldn't feel like th- that's, that's the first line of defense. In a way, like we should be doing our part more to protect ourselves, make sure we wash our hands more, make sure we're smart about things. And then they're the last line of defense. They'll always be there to protect us, but it's just one of those things where I've heard that sentiment from a few um, people in the, uh, in the industry saying that. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. Yeah. Um, it, well, I can understand that. I, I, you know, I have... Um a daughter-in-law that's a nurse, and a daughter that mm-hmm. two daughters that are nurses. So, mm-hmm. I, I do understand that uh, part of it. Uh, it. It's a difficult situation. Uh, yeah. Um, but I look at it this way: if we all wash our hands, wear masks and gloves, mm-hmm. and um, take care of our area where we are at mm-hmm. home as well. Yeah, and um, I think we're doing our part and keep our distance and do the best we can. Right. Um, I I think we'll be doing well. Um, that's all I can say at this point. I, I don't know what else to say. And help and keep our eyes open and see if anybody needs help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's definitely a great um, great outlook on it. You know, and it's I think it's tough for us to to think about it, but you know, our country <clears throat> and our and our world has been through many, many difficult things over the, the generations. And this is just this is just one of them, you know, and sometimes we forget, you know, it's a you know, history repeats itself. You know, things were bad a hundred years ago around this time frame. You know, that there was there was other things going on. And then before that, I mean imagine living uh, five hundred years ago, a thousand years ago where where life was very uncertain. You might die of old age at, you know, forty kind of thing, you know. So it's it's all context and honestly it, even though it that doesn't take away the difficulties that we're going through, but you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, in a way, this will kind of bring us together in some in some forms. So that's that's kind of the big thing. You know, I'm seeing some families spending more time with each other and actually get a chance to to deal with things. But but with that being said, I know it's it's tough for many, many, many folks. A lot of people have have lost people. And that's it's a very, very sad thing. So that's not to take anything away from that. I know. I know. Um, uh, especially it's now it's hitting children, I guess. So. I don't. I don't know. I know. I, all we can do is pray at this point. Yep. Yep. All we can do is pray. So, tell me about your work. What are you doing at, for work now? There. Mm-hmm. 
Well, so for a little backstory, uh, what I did in Malden was uh, the government access channel. So basically, you know, if anybody knows me, what we did was uh, we provided content for one of the three channels that Malden Access provides, uh, and that was the government channel. So it was an impartial channel for, uh, you know, for all sort of municipal content to to really provide information for the viewers. We wanted to inform the population about uh, voters' issues and community uh, problems, things like that. And in a, in a non-biased, uh, impartial way, uh, we, we really didn't take a stand on anything like that. I was very proud of that for 13 years to sort of be right in the middle, be neutral, and to never take a side and to always just pr- provide the, the, the facts as best as I could. And even with our government meetings, it was gavel-to-gavel coverage. There was no edits in those meetings. Where else in the world do you get that, that kind of transparency? You really don't. And that's where community media... Thrive. That's one of the reasons why I love community media so much because it's it's free speech personified. We we give the First Amendment rights. Uh, we really kind of show that people can can express their point of views, even if they're controversial. And so that's been a great joy for me. So last year I was fortunate enough to uh, get a position in a place called Nutmeg Television. That is um, one of the largest access centers in the area. We serve eight towns and 82,000 viewers. So we are in Farmington, Connecticut, and uh, we serve you know, Avon, Berlin, Bristol, Burlington, Canton, Farmington, as I just said, Plainville, uh, and New Britain. And it's, uh, it's a really wonderful, wonderful station where I get to do something called production managing. So in the past, I've done government access. Now I do production managing. So basically, my job is to empower the, the members through classes, so I teach many classes uh, each and every month at Nutmeg TV, and I'm guiding folks from being newbies to being pros, basically. So I'm taking folks who are unfamiliar with the the process and giving them the tools and empowering them to go forth. You know, I kind of like, I'm like a launching pad, and then they go forth and they provide content. So it's been really uh, a joy to see people do that. And, you know, I do other stuff too, but that's really one of the main things that I'm doing. I'm I'm guiding people's shows. And then once I start doing shows, I basically come in, I give them advice on, on shot placement and camera angles and the best way to bring in music and edits and things like that. So that's been really a wonderful thing. Wow. That's really neat. Tell me, um, do you get people my age? Yes, we do. Absolutely. We, we get people uh, of, of all ages, basically. And, and that's been, uh, been a really great thing. And I know you and I actually had, uh, had experience teaching classes together a few times. So, uh, you know, I've taken some of, that, some of that experience with me as well. And I really enjoy that. That's one of the things that I like the most about my position. I get to work with people of all ages and give them, uh, I really kind of break down some of the media terms into uh, layman's terms so people can really understand it and they're okay with it. I don't want people to be afraid of television production and podcasting and all sorts of media things that are really wonderful to get involved. I mean, you remember our class we taught at the Malden Senior Center. How great was it to, to have some of those folks in our class? You know, remember one of the gentlemen who he wanted us to take a picture of him doing camera because he wanted to send his, a picture to his kids that, and his grandkids that look what grandpa can do. You know, that's a great feeling. That, his name was Paul, by the way. Yeah, he was wonderful. Yeah, and a matter of fact, if I was going to, uh, I was uh, about to launch that class again, mm-hmm. and I asked him if he want to help out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is awesome. That's awesome. Now, do you do anything else with? Um, uh, uh, 
do you have something else that you do there? Uh, well, yes. I mean, there's um, there's there's quite a bit of administrative work that I do. So so one of the things I do is I, I want to make sure that we have enough uh, content going forward in the channel. So in addition to teaching the classes, I'll sometimes do outreach and uh, contact members who are just thinking about you know maybe they've been members for a while and they they haven't they haven't really had a direction on where to go. Maybe someone's a big sports fan, and I know sports are kind of nil right now, but you know there are ways you can do programs about that. Uh, so. One of the things I've done, especially during this time period where I'm working from home, is I've used this time to really increase the outreach. You know, we don't want to just maintain, we want to grow, right? And that's, that's with everybody right now, you know. It, it stinks to just maintain during this time. This is our, like a golden opportunity. If there's any silver lining to the situation, it's that we have a chance to go out of our comfort zone and grow. So some of the things I've done is I've actually contacted all the schools that we work with. We work with nine schools in our area, and these are all the high schools, and they're really stressed out because of what's been going on and how the kids might not have a graduation. Well, during this time period, I contacted each and every school and I gave them a customized version of how they can do a virtual graduation. Cause there's many different ways you can do graduation. And I gave them all options based on their location, you know, the geography, the population, the culture. And I've suddenly given them a, a couple opportunities to go, oh, okay, Hey, we can do this. We can actually give, give the kids a great send off this year. Cause it sinks. They put in the three and a half years of work and then to not have graduation. So we're figuring out ways, you know, like a parade processional or a webinar or get this, Josephine, a drive-in movie style graduation where people can pull up to the cars and possibly watch something on a large screen. Things like that with a, with a low FM frequency that they can tune into. It's, it's really kind of cool stuff like that. It's, it's a creative process just turned on its head. It's really wonderful. Isn't that awesome to bring back uh, open... Um you know, to have the kids drive up to a uh, drive-in movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, right? And I then the parents would go, hey, I remember this when I was a kid, you know? It's <laughs> oh, that is awesome. I think that's an awesome idea for all the graduations to do something like that. I, I feel so bad for them, you know? Yeah, yep. Oh, this is an awesome idea, Brian. <laughs> and, you know, one of the cool things I've done during this uh, this time period away from being physically in the office is, like I said, I've been speaking with people to try to spur their ideas forward. So I actually go in once a week uh, to the office, which is, like I said, in Farmington. We've been around for about 30 years, so a lot like, a lot like MATV and UMA. We've been around for about 30 years, and what I've been doing is I've been giving out portable cameras in a safe, uh, in a safe healthy way without you know, having too much contact, giving out video cameras, and people are filming episodes at their house now. So... You know, we have a lot of content at Nutmeg. We're very fortunate. We have four or five shows each and every day that film because we have eight towns and a lot of people are coming forth. These people have really embraced this desire to keep producing shows while they're at home. For example, one of our number one shows is called The Crack of Dawn. It's, a, it's an art show uh, with a woman named Dawn Lombardi, and she's phenomenal. She's so funny. She's so silly. And she's very talented. She's an art teacher. And so she's been doing episodes from home and she's been having her guinea pig in the shot. And it's like, it, it's really, really funny. And people have been loving it. So in a strange way, we're getting back to normal. Uh, it's just kind of a new version of normal. So people are still providing content. It's just in a slightly different format. And it's been really great. One, one girl, in fact, she didn't have a show two, three weeks ago. And now she has a cooking show on that Meg TV with graphics, with uh, edits. It, it's, it's wonderful. She shot her whole episode at her house. And it's been great. So it's, it's really, it's kind of an interesting time. 
Yeah, and that's what I did. Uh, I actually had Boppa Tolstrom on um, a podcast. Mm-hmm. She oh, ended, wow. She ended up interviewing me. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Yep. Loved it. I loved it. So what else uh, do you do? Do you... Uh, uh, do people do church services there or what mm-hmm. uh, they do? Yeah, all, all kinds of shows that you can imagine we, we, we have. We, we have church services that are uh, recorded at the various, um, you know, uh, churches and temples all around the area. And then what happens is they will take out a camera. I pack up all the gear, so I'm a little like tea in that way. I pack up all the gear and I give out all the equipment and I receive all the equipment. So that's one of the other jobs I do. And when we get the cards back, when we go in, and then we, uh, we, we put it into the computer so that when that member has a chance to edit it, they can put graphics on their show. We really, we, we are very hands-off in a lot of ways. We're just, we're empowering them, and then we step back. That's the big thing, you know. Um, we don't do the shows for them. We, we, even though they might go, please help us out, we'll always give a lending hand, whenever, mm-hmm. a helping hand whenever possible. <clears throat> but we don't want to, uh, you know, be a crutch. We want to give them the power to do it, and then in the long run, they're phenomenal. We have people who never thought they could do TV shows that are able to do a whole show by themselves. And I really just have minimal involvement. I come in, say, hey, how are you guys doing? You guys doing okay? We're doing great, Brian. Give me a thumbs up. That gives me the most joy. It's like, it's like helping a kid learn to do, like, ride a bike or something. It's fantastic. So that's been a big thing. People shoot church services. Um, they actually are doing some church services in our building. You know, they come in at, at, a, at a lectern, and they speak for a half hour or an hour. And then they, you know, it's, and then they give it to us as content. So that's how one of the ways we keep content going. Um, we have a real estate show. This guy, he's a one-man band, Josephine. He takes out a camera. He flips the screen, records a whole show by himself, brings it in. And after a day, we got a brand new show there. So that's how we keep things going, you know. During this season, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So do you see things changing? People keep saying the new norm. New norm, yeah. What is your version of a new norm? That's a good question, Josephine. Um, well, I definitely want to ask you your opinion on that. But I think the new norm is I would hope that people appreciate things more, you know, appreciate the roar, roar of an audience or the, at a sports event or going to a theater or, or, or just having a birthday party, things that we sort of took for granted just being able to uh, have contact with each other, you know, and being close to each other. We're humans. We, we, we strive to be close, I think. And that's, that's brought us a lot of joy is, is the connection. The hum- We're not robots. We're human beings. And I would hope when things get back to normal at a, at a certain point, we don't take that stuff for granted as much because for many years we, we, we had, I'm seeing TV shows and movies uh, and just seeing how close humans used to be just hugging and you know hanging out and high-fiving and that stuff is it's almost like wow it's almost kind of foreign at this point now we will get through this but i'm hoping the new normal is hopefully a change towards an appreciation of the little things of family of friends you know uh, my, my sister-in-law is having her 40th birthday party and we have to figure out a safe way to do it basically you know and that's that's a bummer for some people and you know, for the workforce, I, I think this has really kind of pushed us into much more of a digital uh, conferencing age where people beforehand would never want to do video conferences or Skype or Zoom and are a little more comfortable saying, hey, listen, work is becoming something that I do and not just a place where I go. So that's been a, uh, that's been a change that I've, I've observed. You know, how about you? What do you think is the new norm? I think the new norm, uh, uh, you, you 
hear people, we can do this together. Uh, but just repeating it is not enough. Something that is, takes action. Uh, I always care people, and I'll never stop. Uh, that's something that I, I try to put into every way, day of life. Uh, caring takes action. Just not uh, on a job. Mm-hmm. It, it entails off the job too, as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that uh, this environment that we live in would have a lot of caring than before. Caring mm-hmm. about others um, that are in need. Caring about the elderly, children on the street, the homeless. This is all. Uh, that all. I know people worked at it, and I know that. But sometimes just walking by, seeing somebody, um, you got to help. Mm-hmm. Not just because of COVID-19, mm-hmm. but because in your heart, you really care. I right. always thought within myself it was always our heart condition. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe it's brought us close together because somewhere along the line, I believe society uh, uh, lost touch mm-hmm. with each other yeah. and the laughter. Yeah. And I remember what it was like to play in the street and have mm-hmm. no fear. And I remember. So I, I think somewhere along the line, I think that's coming in that direction in a strange kind of way. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, I agree. And, and honestly, it's, it's easy to be cynical and be negative about this whole situation because there is a lot of hardship and a lot of people have lost their jobs. And like I said earlier, some people have, have lost folks in their family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and that's been a really, really terrible thing. Um, and it's easy for us to just be frustrated and angry and upset. You know, I, I went for a drive yesterday for the first time in, in a couple of days and um, people on the road just seemed to be really angry and, and driving uh, like a lot and uh, driving a lot more aggressively, I should say, you know, because I, I've heard some statistics from a car insurance company saying, while there's fewer cars on the road and accidents are, are less plentiful, they're much more severe, which means that people are, um, or they're speeding, you know, there's less folks on the road and they're driving a little more reckless, or maybe there's something going on that we don't know. Like we don't know people's struggles. You used to always say that, mm-hmm. you know, do not judge enough people by, what they're doing, because maybe they're fighting a battle that we have no idea. Maybe they have someone who's in the hospital. Maybe they're sick themselves. Who, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I've heard that. I mean, you know, it's, it's a really terrible thing. But, yeah, I mean, we've heard some accidents happening recently, and it's, it's been very bad. They've been more severe lately. It seems like there's less people on the road. So, so that's been a dangerous thing. So, so we, have, we have an opportunity to turn things around a little bit. And, and to take something negative, turn something into something positive. And, you know, when you go to the grocery store, if you go nowadays, sometimes you see folks who don't want to be helpful. They don't want to get out of your way. They're going the wrong way down the aisles. And they feel like, you know what? Well, screw the rest of the world. This is, this is about me. And, and I think some of those people will never change, no matter what. Some of those people will always be a little bit, um, feel like entitled or feel like the world owes them something. And unfortunately, you have so many other folks around doing the right thing, trying to help, and it makes things a little frustrating. You know, uh, my mother-in-law actually works for uh, you know a a food agency that that helps uh, underprivileged folks uh, to to get their food. And during this time frame, it is so so important that folks get a chance to 
to uh, to provide for their family themselves because there's fixed incomes, there's people losing jobs, and there's there's a lot of issues out there that people just don't realize. So if we give a moment to just think about others, um, it, it might actually help us out in the long run. This is true. Um, I know um, my church gives out hundreds of pounds of food a week. Mm-hmm. Hundreds. And I know uh, a lot of agencies in this area do the same. Right. Uh, because people have lost their jobs. And uh, um, there's families involved. And um, wherever you can volunteer, wherever you can give your time, if you have funds, do so. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm thinking uh, all the time. Uh, where, where can I put myself? How can I position myself to give them my time, what it's not that you have a great deal of funds. Mm-hmm. It, it, a little bit goes a long way, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm thinking um, all the time. I'm always thinking somebody else. It's uh, not good to always think of oneself. Mm-hmm. It's always good to think of your neighbor, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm always thinking. Now, uh, that's true. It's true. It's a, uh, this is a season where it, it is good to reach out to other people. Mm-hmm. And like you said, um, people are thinking differently. I'm thinking differently. Like I said, it, family, mm-hmm. touching others. Um, it's a, a time, like I remember years ago, family getting together uh, doing different things. I, I, I don't know if you watched Disney last night. Uh, no, I did not. Channel yeah. 5. And it yeah. was a live show. Mm-hmm. Um, all musicians are different people. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fabulous. Right in their own homes. Wait, was this the uh, the American Idol Disney special? Was that that one? Uh, it was part of it. It was part of it, but there so- there was something beforehand. It was lovely. It was uh, it was elegant. Oh, cool! And uh, there were children involved too, and mm-hmm. th- it was the cutest thing I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I thought this is this is what it's about. Mm-hmm. It was d- doing something wonderful with a little. And it, it 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 just brought joy. Now you just kind of you know made me think about something. How, how do you think the, the younger folk are dealing with this? You know, the kids, the grandchildren. How do you think they they're dealing with this because they're so young? They don't have as much context as the rest of us. How do you feel things are how they're, they're handling things? I'm talking about the kids younger than graduation age. I'm talking about grade school and and, and younger. Oh, I have grandchildren. Um, they are dealing with it in a different manner. Um, I have a grandson. He's almost eight. He's writing a play. He's writing a play? He's writing a play. Oh, my goodness. He's writing a play, and he's involved whole the whole family. And um, he's given him different parts. But his older brother wants to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Hey, and, that's a good partnership right there. Yeah, he, and he, uh, but this is what he's doing, and everybody's going to take a part, and they're going to do that. And, and I said, well, when you're done, let Grandma know. Exactly. And I said, I'll, I'll, I'll put it on air, and uh, we'll see what it becomes of it. Uh, they, um, 
they go out every day. And, you know, they have a big yard because uh, so they can get out and uh, play. Uh, it's not easy. This homeschool like everybody else, mm-hmm. and um, they have chores that they do at home. They're homeschooled. They get to go out and play. Uh, they, they're handling it differently, uh, but they do uh, have Zoom for with their friends. They have Zoom yeah. time with their yeah. friends. That's very important. So it's so important for these kids to have their friends, regardless if it's just Zoom. Mm-hmm. So they do do that. They do uh, do services online. Um, one, uh, the... Two younger, the, the oldest grandson and the younger grandson, they take lessons, uh, piano. Yeah. And they do different. My, my granddaughter, Madison, the princess, uh, she does different things. So it, it's yeah. important because the, you need to keep them engaged. Mm-hmm. So I spend time with them on FaceTime. And we uh, get together on FaceTime. So it's so important. So it's so important to do that. And that's where the family time comes in. So we can't be together physically, but it doesn't mean you can't be together with your heart. Yes. Yeah. It sure. doesn't mean, and that goes for you too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you visit your mom via Zoom or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's funny you say that because she was always um, self-admittedly tech lexic. She never was really into technology, but she does Facebook and stuff. So she's better than me in some ways, you know. <laughs> Um, and and I, I told her about a couple web apps where she can download something to her phone, and she did it herself. She installed it. She called me a video call the other day, and so instead of phone calls lately, we've been video calling, and it's been really kind of cool to to see each other, and, and that's going to be great, you know. So it's that way, you know. When I have, you know, now that we can't visit each other as often, like I used to go up every few weeks, and it's, we obviously can't really do that. You know, I'm living in Connecticut; she's up there in Boston. We're, we're not too far away, but you know, there's concerns about travel and quarantine and all sorts of things. So we've been video calling and, and staying in touch. It's a good way to share any milestones in my life. You know, it, it's been a, a great way to do that. So we appreciate that. And, you know, you mentioned uh, youngsters and, and teens, you know, uh, my nephews are young, you know, uh, you know, one of them is a, is a teenager and he plays uh, online games with his friends. That's his social time right now. He's, sure. He logs in, puts on his headset and he talks to his friends. And he actually told me a pretty interesting story the other day. Um, about the world of uh, uh, online video games. Basically, you know, you put on your headset and you, you hop into a round and you play with your friends. And they could be all over the world, Josephine, and you yep. can still play. And usually kids of a certain age kind of, you know, they stay as a clique, they kind of hang out with each other. They don't usually associate with, with younger kids because it's just not cool to talk to a 10-year-old when you're like 16, right? So I heard a pretty good story from my nephew the other day. He says that he knows of, of a kid uh, who was a teen, you know, and, and they were playing uh, a game with a bunch of other teens. And they encountered a younger player in the game online. They never met him. It was just a username, but his voice was a little younger, a little, a little higher pitched, and they realized he was about 10 years old. <laughs> and, you know, now in the past, you might go, eh, I don't want to deal with a young kid like that. Let's just, he's, he's lame. Well, they said, hey, you know, what the heck, we'll bring him in the team, whatever. Turns out that this little boy, this is a true story, this little boy was on the verge of becoming 11. Like, this was basically the the night of his 11th birthday. He was going to be turning 11. And he didn't have any, any friends. He didn't have anybody to share his night with, basically. And he was pretty sad. And these these teens, who normally would not associate with a kid a few years younger, 
they went around with him and they said, yeah, you know what, you know, we'll give you a few little uh, items to help you on your quest. Oh, great. Thanks, guys. And at the end of the day, they realized that it, you know, it had turned midnight. And like, you know what? It's midnight. You know, kid, it's your 11th birthday. They sang this kid a happy birthday at midnight before he went to bed. You know, he, he was staying up late anyway. But it felt such a, a great thing that normally you wouldn't even associate with a kid a few years younger. No. But this kid suddenly now had friends who think he's cool. And when you're like a 10-year-old kid, that's like, that means the world. He had no other friends online with him, you know? Aww. So I heard that story, and it's a silly little thing, but you know what? It's, if I hear stories like that of people kind of say, you know what? Let me try try things a little differently, try to help someone out. Yep. I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be fine. Yeah, we will. I mean, um, I'm not going to go into detail, but I saw something in my building where I live, mm-hmm. and I couldn't take it, and um, I was moved to do something about it. Just did it. I didn't want to know where it went, but I knew that the, I sort of knew where it went, and I just said, do this for me, please. Mm-hmm. And I did it. And uh, it, it's just sometimes you just got to do what you have to do. I mean, Josephine, fixing an injustice in, in the world, that doesn't sound like you at all. <laughs> <laughs> I find it hard to believe, as one of our old friends told uh, I just, uh, the, it is, you know, the, what it boils down to is that I love people. Mm-hmm. I don't, I just love people in general. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I, that's the way, that's who I am in, in, inside. Um, I care about people. And uh, I look at what's going on in this world today, and I say, yeah, well, here we go. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, and and it's obvious that you care about people. I mean, it's you know, people care about you too. You know, I shared your previous episodes on the COVID topic when things were just kind of getting bad with my current executive director, uh, Joni Sutter at Nutmeg Television, and she had never met you before, Josephine, and she was very, very moved by your content, the way you spoke, your, your respect and consideration for your guests. And she has shared your episodes with the senior population that she associates with. So, so your episodes are reaching people and touching people's hearts more than you even understand. So oh, keep doing I'm, what I'm you're grateful. Doing. I'm, I'm, I'm just v- very grateful to hear that. Um, mm-hmm. my, motives, my motive is just to touch people. That's it. That's it, here and beyond. Right. And um, I'm just so grateful to have the opportunity to speak to you, Brian. You were one of my special co-workers. And I got to say, I still say that you should have been a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you keep saying that you're going to give me an inflated ego. And, and I, trust me, it's, <laughs> I get that enough for, from my mother. So, you know, it's... Uh... <laughs> she says the same thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, so it's, uh, you know, it, it, I, I appreciate it. It's very nice for you to say, but like, but like I always try to tell people that it's, you know, I deal with stress with a little bit of humor, and <laughs> I've always kind of done that. It's been a little bit of a defense mechanism growing up. You know, I switched four schools in four years, and, you know, I kept on losing friends, and I'm just trying, you know, just tried to be uh, a humorous person without being a hurtful person. It's very easy for folks, especially when you're young and you're mm-hmm. a teen to be hurtful and, to, and to, to really bother people and pick on them for their differences. I was never really that kind of kid, you know, but I always like to do impressions and I always like to put on funny faces and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's easy for me. I have a funny face anyway, so it all comes naturally. No, you, know, you so. don't. Uh, um, but, you know, it's, I, it's very kind, but it's, you know, I think we all, we can all laugh at ourselves once in a while. And I think if we do that, that makes things 
immensely easier if we could all just, uh, you know, try to bring a little joy to other, others' lives, whether it's through what you're doing, helping people uh, through the show, through, like you just said in your story earlier, um, or, or, or telling a joke. You know, I've been, I've been sharing little uh, funny cartoons, cartoon drawings to my coworkers during this process and trying to keep people, uh, you know, happy and try to keep people, like, their spirits up because people are pretty sad, you know. So um, I don't know. I'm no expert in anything, but if we see folks who are really struggling, it's good to to think about them, or not just ourselves, but to think about others and help them out. You know, that's, it, it goes a long way. You know? You're speaking the truth. Uh, you're speaking the truth there. And what I want to do right now is to be able to say hello to all the young at heart out in mm-hmm. Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I'm saying hello to you, and I'm telling you that somebody out here in Massachusetts really do, do, does care about you. Mm-hmm. And just know that this woman here is praying for you today. Thank you, Joe. And just keep that in mind. And Brian, and I always pray for you, my dear, and Sandy, too. Thank you. And give her a big hug for me, please. I will, absolutely. And before we go, would would I be able to to share a quote with you? Go right ahead, please. This is concerning our our talk about the the health crisis going on, but it's by by a wise man named Steve Rogers, also known as a fictional character named Captain America. Okay. Uh, speaking about something else, but this is a pretty relevant for our time right now. So in a, in a comic book that was published many, many years ago, Captain America said to someone else, he said the following, I know things are hard, but they've been hard before. I grew up during the Great Depression. If there was ever a time to give up hoping, that was it. But we didn't stop hoping. We hung on. We just hung on. And in time, things did get better. Not overnight, but slowly. And I swear to you, they will get better once again. Oh, that's wonderful. Not bad for a funny book, huh? No, it's not. I, there was a meaning behind that one. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure, right? You know, yeah. four-color funny books. You know, actually has a little bit of uh, insight by you know, J.M. DeMattis. So it's great. Well, Brian, uh, we'll be in contact as always. I hope so. Yeah, you uh, you betcha. You and you take care. That, you take care and um, take care, Brian. You take care. I care about you. Yeah, love you, Josephine. Take I care. I love you Bye, too. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.